the man comes to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, please help me. Yeah, your disciples couldn't. And then Jesus is like, if, <laughs> if I can do anything? You know every, who you're talking to here? You know, yeah, <laughs> everything is possible for the one who has faith. Yeah. And, and then the man's like, I believe, I believe, just help my unbelief. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Jesus actually does meet him where he's at and yeah. heals the son. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment His Podcast. Welcome. Yep. What are we talking about today, Pastor John? Talking about Mark a little bit more. Uh, we're going to continue talking about Mark, and I think the first time we talked about kind of the strangeness of Jesus in the gospel, the unpredictability of, of he kind of breaks our categories sometimes of who we think he is or should be, and then we talked last time about the denseness of the disciples, how they just don't get it. And then today we're talking about some of the the characters within the cast of this Greek tragedy um, format of the gospel. And you know, any, I think of, isn't uh, Romeo and Juliet a tragedy? Mm -hmm. Not a comedy. No. Nobody laughs. laughs. It's a tragedy. Yeah. And in the tragedy, you have all these characters who kind of come in and they play different roles. And and I think that as you read Mark's gospel, we learn a lot about Jesus and who he is, his character, through the characters. Now, before we get into that, I just want to make a, a quick point that I think is interesting. One of the questions with the characters in the gospels is, why in the world are some named and why are some anonymous? And one of the theories that I think really points to the credibility of the authenticity of, of Mark's gospel is that the characters that are named are actually part of the early church, and so they would mm. have been known. So uh, in chapter 10, I believe, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, who's healed, um, would have been known, would have been a part of the church. Yeah, it's like, oh uh, yeah, I, I've met that guy. Yeah, and, and you can actually hear his story. Mm -hmm. uh, Simon of Cyrene, who you know, who carried carries the cross, the cross yeah. would have been known. And, and we just see that, that some of the characters are named. That doesn't mean that the others didn't become believers. Some of them, you know, may, may have or may not have, but the ones who are named, um, it's, it's likely that they were well known in the early church. Yeah. So it's almost like saying, Hey, you can go talk to this person yourself. Yeah. You know, they're right over there. They live in Jerusalem or Jericho or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, go ask him. It's kind of like in First Corinthians 15, where Paul says he lists all the witnesses of the resurrection. He says over 500 people saw Jesus raised, many of whom are still living, though some have 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 passed. And once again, there's an open invitation to uh, cross-examine the witnesses. Yeah, so. Uh, just a point I wanted to bring up because it's one of these many things in the study of the Gospels that points to the authenticity of the writing that we can really trust this historical witness that mm -hmm. Mark's giving us. Specific names, specific places, mm -hmm. real events. Yeah, so, you know, I think the, the first characters that, that you brought up to talk about was the demons, and I think that's kind of a dark... Yeah, it's a little unintuitive we, yeah. we generally just want to uh cast out demons yeah just you know? get them out of here but we don't want to listen to them yeah but, uh but talk about them for a second sure so uh first of all in mark jesus 
interacts directly with demons. And that's another kind of interesting characteristic of Mark. Um, spiritual warfare is very much present. Mm-hmm. But the demons, you know, so in Mark, we have this kind of the driving questions, who is Jesus and what are you going to do with him? And in the Gospel of Mark, the demons are some of the only characters who correctly identify Jesus. Yeah. Which is, so it's like, yeah, again, the disciples don't get it. They're confused. They're out to lunch. But the the demons speak to him. When they speak to him, they they call him rightly. the So first of all, the Holy One of God. Mm -hmm. And that's an Old Testament term, right? The Holy One of God. Um, And second, the Son of the Most High God. Jesus, the son of the most high. So it's such an interesting dynamic. You know, it's like the enemies of Jesus, they know exactly who he is and yeah. they rightly label him son of God. Most That's why high. Yeah. confessing the apostles creed doesn't make you a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Even the demons know about even Jesus. Even the demons know that shudder. he's the son of God and they in, shudder. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they say in the gospel of Mark, are you here to destroy us? Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's first. The demons, <laughs> they get it right. They correctly right. identify Jesus. Um, who else gets it right in the Gospel of Mark? Well, you have that character by name, uh, Jairus in chapter 5. and um, It's the ruler of the synagogue, maybe like a, a patron of the, the synagogue. And somebody of high status and, and he, he sees and he recognizes Jesus as the one to go to and sees the miracle of his daughter being raised. And, mm. and you know, Love that story. once again, perhaps part of the early church because he's named. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, so in contrast to a lot of the Jewish authorities and even the disciples, yeah. um, he's not resisting uh, Jesus's rule and reign, but he comes asking, begging for mercy then you get the woman with the issue of blood, and interestingly, interestingly she's not named, hmm. and maybe she kind of slips away back into the crowd, but um, nevertheless, a uh, beautiful picture of faith. Of if it's, it's interesting how we can even put ourselves in the, in the shoes of these characters to be you know, speaking along with the woman. If I just touch him, I'll be made whole. Yep. Isn't that the way that we approach Jesus too? Yeah, it, and it really is, those are the words of faith. You know, she's saying in her heart, if I just touch him, I will be made well. Good. One of the more interesting characters that I wish we knew more about is the Syrophoenician woman in chapter 7. Does this come up in our preaching in a couple weeks? I'd have to go back and look. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. I think it may, actually, but... Uh, I'm going to let you preach that one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's very interesting. We don't learn a lot about the woman except that she was a Gentile and her daughter was possessed by a demon. And she comes to Jesus and and she is desperate. And Jesus says, um, no. Yeah. I didn't come for, you know, for the Gentiles. Gentiles. I came for the Jews. At least in this moment, he's saying that. and, and, And she's like, what what does he say? He says he says it's not good to give you know the bread to the uh, the children's bread to the dogs. Yeah, and she's like, okay, but even the dogs eat the bread that falls yeah from the table to the floor. <laughs> I, the more I think about it, you know, the more I think this is this is one of the linchpin interactions in the Gospel of Mark that encapsulates the weirdness of Jesus. It does, and the those other 
minor character is just excelling because she says, uh, Lord, come and heal my daughter. Hey, I'm not going to give bread to the dogs. She, like, what a weird thing to say. I mean, he calls her a dog. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty offensive. And she presses right through that, and she just says, fine, if I'm a dog, at least the dogs lick the crumbs under the table. And he looks at her then very favorably, and he says, for this response, right, go, your daughter is made well. Yeah, yeah. Um, does he say your faith has healed you even? In the other Gospels that may say that, yeah. I'd have to check, but I think there is a sense of, of him marveling at her faith. Yeah, you know? so she's like, hey, if I got to be a dog, I'm a dog. Just yeah. have mercy on me, Lord Jesus. And so there you have it. So she gets it right, and she she yeah. comes before him uh, very humbly. It's kind of this picture of self-deprecating humility, of mm-hmm. just like, okay, whatever, but I need Jesus. I'm going <laughs> to continue to press yeah. in and faith. Yeah. Then you have the the father of the demon-possessed boy. I think that's a fascinating one, too, because they're coming down the mountain from Camp Transfiguration, you know, yeah. up there on the mountain. And the disciples are probably pretty, you know, Peter, James, and John are pretty excited. And it's just a hot mess when they get down the mountain because, like, they're arguing, mm-hmm. and they this man brought his demon-possessed son to the other disciples, and begged for them to cast the demon out, but they couldn't. And and then the man comes to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, please help me. Yeah, your disciples couldn't. And then Jesus is like, if? <laughs> if I can do anything? You know every, who you're talking to? You know who, yeah, <laughs> everything is possible for the one who has faith. Who, yeah. and, and then the man's like, I believe, I believe, just help my unbelief. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Jesus actually does meet him where he's at and yeah. heals the son. But um, just a really interesting character there. And I think a picture of us too, because mm. I remember a professor I had at Concordia Seward who just kind of said, you know, all of us believe and don't believe at the same time all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. None of us ever have perfect faith there's always a tinge of doubt or more in even our strong faith and 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 even a weak faith saves yeah and th- think thank god that that statement is in the bible right yeah jesus talks about faith the size of a mustard seed yeah uh can throw a mountain into the ocean right mm-hmm. so i think thank god that that's there because yeah we're not saved by the quality of our faith but the object of our faith yeah, we, we I've heard it in. put that it's not the strength of our faith that saves us, but the strength of our Savior. Yeah, good. And so I think there's a lot there's a lot of um, parallel between the Syrophoenician woman and this man because they press through mm-hmm. um, Jesus's kind of um, shield until uh, mm-hmm. their their faith is not daunted by a little bit of a pushback. It's almost like Jesus is passing by them, like he did with the disciples yeah. on the the sea. And they're going to keep following. Yeah. And I think it's great for our experience, too, because we all go through those times in our lives as disciples where it really seems like God is just distant, like there's radio silence, you know, we're Mm -hmm. just, yeah. uh, Where are you? We just embody that type of faith that presses on. I think as we're kind of going through this, it's really useful for me just really thinking about that theme, that there's this kind of like... uh, persevere in your faith, press on and Mm -hmm. grasp on to Jesus until he blesses you, until you understand. Um, Good. Uh, 
Another uh, minor character that really gets a, a shout out here is the widow who puts the mite in the offering plate in the temple. Yeah, she was the first member of LWML. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you know that, but the yeah. mite box, yeah. That's so. right. And uh, great is her example. You know, Jesus says, hey, uh, she you, put in more than you didn't all You did have a joke at the beginning, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. I jumped in. But uh, yeah, and I love that because... Jesus notices what people don't notice. He notices the small thing that seems insignificant. Nobody mm-hmm. noticed that woman yeah. putting in her all that she had to live on. Maybe they noticed the people putting in the $100 bills, you know, but yeah. but Jesus sees it and she, he, he honors that faith. Yeah. And, you know, a widow is a burden in the Old Testament in a sense. You know, it's like there's no one to care for her. She has to just cast on someone else. And uh, she's not the the mover and the shaker in the community, and so but oh. Jesus sees her and he cares, so yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, who else do we have? Then there's the woman who anoints Jesus's feet in chapter 14 before he would soon be arrested, and really mm-hmm. just beautiful picture of uh, pouring out this expensive gift, you know, spending it on Jesus, and um, just really I, I just love the way that. Um, Jesus is honoring her, and and people even try to stop her, and, and Jesus says, leave her alone. Well, and what's interesting is the disciples stop her. Yeah. And we know from a, another gospel that Judas is kind of the, he's the like, voice. He's like, that's expensive. Yeah. And it and says that, well, he liked to take a, a little thief. money from the bag. Yeah. But they don't get it. They yeah. scold her, and Jesus is like, you guys shut up. Yeah, shut up, guys. You have no idea. <laughs> Right. How off base you are. He says, yeah. So this is what he says. Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. And she has done what she could. And she anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. And What's ironic about this is Jesus has been telling the disciples, I'm going to go die. I'm going to go die. I'll be raised, but I'm going to go die. They don't get it. Mm-hmm. They don't prepare his body. They don't think no. about well, what's that, what does that really mean? But she does. Uh, you know, a woman maybe of ill, re- Ill reputation, Yeah, maybe, um, she gets it <laughs> and they're scolding her. And so they get scolded. They're mansplaining Jesus. her. Yeah, right. And, and <laughs> Jesus just says, stop it, guys. Yeah. And yeah. truly, we still talk about her. Her, uh, She absolutely understands what's happening. I have another joke. Shoot. The uh, disciples were mansplaining her. And then Jesus, son of mansplains them. <laughs> says, stop it, guys. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah, uh, he can her. always son of mansplain. Yeah. And we should listen. Uh Let's talk about the centurion because he's one of my favorite characters. Well, he kind of is the character. He is kind of the... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's the hidden hero. He is, and because Mark tells us at the beginning, this is the gospel about the Son of God. And the question that presses on the gospel story is, who is this man? Where did he get this authority? What kind of man is this? The disciples ask it. The Pharisees and religious leaders ask it. 
And then we get to the end and Jesus has just breathed his last and mm. the centurion looks at him and says, truly this was the son of God. Like, mic drop. Absolutely it. nails it. That and is the confession. Oh, That's the confession that saves. And I, I, I'm going to just speculate here, but I wonder if Mark, we know that Mark was on a missionary journey with Paul, hmm. right? Yeah. John Mark. And he had seen the gospel go out. And I almost wonder if Mark is giving a nod to the fact that the gospel will go to the Gentiles, even to Rome. Hmm. Because you have this man who is a symbol of the authority of Absolutely. Rome. Confessing that Jesus is the Christ. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I this is the man who has the very authority of Caesar. Yep. To execute death. To execute yeah. death and, and was overseeing the crucifixion, right? And it, it almost reminds me of, I just listened to the Hunger Games again, you mm -hmm. know, the, and, and then watched the movie. You know the scene at the end where, where they are going to hand each other the berries at the same time and like basically ruin, ruin the Hunger yeah. Games? And they're like, stop, stop, stop. You know, it's kind of like the event of Jesus' crucifixion is so powerful that it actually, the, that power ripples all the way to Rome, you know, and you can mm. see this centurion who has the power of Caesar to kill people is, is confessing Jesus mm. as the just son disarmed. of God. It's just beautiful. I mean, it's I, and this is subversive. A, yeah, yeah. And I, I think um, for reasons like this, Mark has become my favorite gospel. Um, because Mark is just so subtly genius, you yeah. know, and, and moments like this where, um, you know, in the beginning, this is kind of the bookend of the whole gospel is here's the gospel about Jesus, the son of God, and nobody gets it except for the demons until the end and the centurion saying, this is the son of God. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, uh, mind blowing how well it's constructed to help yeah. us grapple with these things. And also, I think, you know, this is kind of Peter's eyewitness, maybe. And Peter really grapples with this Jewish-Gentile divide. Mm -hmm. In the book of Acts, you can read all about it. Yeah. But God reveals to Peter in particular that um, all people can come to Jesus and to yeah. be included. Mm -hmm. And so this is maybe a nod towards that, too, that, yeah, the salvation that has come into the world through Jesus is first for the Jews, but then for the Gentiles, and it's going to mm -hmm. go to all the world, including even the Romans uh, who had persecuted the Jewish people. Yeah. Um, so, cool. I'm going to wrap us up here by giving us a challenge. Okay. So, you ready? I'm ready. So, dear listener, this is the challenge. I'm going to challenge you to go to your local Christian bookstore I heard we have one here in Kearney. We do. Solid. Uh, it's a solid one. It's a solid one. <laughs> uh, go and buy English Standard Version is what I'd recommend because that's what we preach from. <coughs> go and buy one of the journaling Bibles. Mm. Begin to read the Gospel of Mark. Pay special attention to the person of Jesus, the characters of the disciples, and the other supporting characters. And begin to take notes on all that. Write down your observations in the margins. Hmm. 
ask your questions, and then bring that Bible to church and do the same when we're preaching. Because once again, I think there's nothing more transformative for us as Christians than when we really become students of the, the works and the words of Jesus. When we just say, hey, my church is preaching through Mark. I'm going to read Mark, and yep. then I'm going to read it again. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to pray through some stuff. Yeah. I'm going to come to church hungry. I'm going to have my Bible open. I'm going to take some notes. You yeah, know what I'm, I mean? I'm, I'm going to be challenged. I'm going to be confused. Yeah. I'm going to be grown. All that. Do it. Do it. Yes. Tell us. Tell us. Come and show us your Bible. <laughs> Say, yeah. here's my notes. <laughs> and, and if you do that, uh, Pastor John, w- what do they get? We have any incentive um, here? I think Jolene has a bowl of, uh, of uh, Lifesaver <laughs> mints. In, in I, w- I was thinking, um, I'll, I'll take you out to coffee. Yeah, I'll do that if too. you do that. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the Gospel of Mark. We pray that um, as you've listened to these three things, that we pray that it really enriches your time in the scriptures and even your time hearing sermons and, and grappling with it. Um, gosh, the Lord just has so many good things to teach us if yeah. we're willing to, so. to open our ears and listen. Go get it.